0: How many watched some of the Olympics recently? Most everybody. Hard not to. Today I want to talk for just a few minutes to you about something that kind of has to go along with the Olympics. I want to talk for a few minutes about forgetting certain things, and moving on in our walk with God. If I were to title this message today, it would be Forget the Past and Run the Race. We're going to read today from Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you can look right up here, and it will be there. Philippians 3, verses 4 through 6. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, this is the apostle Paul speaking. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's pretty bold. A Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Overall, priceless. Paul was really proud of his, his heritage. He was proud of his pedigree. He was quite the man. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. When it came to zeal, he was faultless. When it came to killing Christians, he was the best. And he was saying, if anybody has a right to brag, it's me. If you think you have a right, I have more. He was pretty sure of himself. He was saying that in the eyes of, of most men and by the standards of the world, he was very successful. In other words, I was a pretty, good, pretty big deal when it came to following the rules. I was faultless when it came to legalism. That's not really something we like to brag about. I was faultless when it came to legalism. He made it clear that before he met Christ, he pridefully regarded his Jewish heritage and religious zeal as a tremendous advantage. But then he goes on in the following verses and he says that now I realize that none of that mattered. All of the things that I thought were so important, they really weren't important at all. Let's read on verses 7 through 11. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God, And is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. After Paul, he was Saul at the time, but after his encounter with Christ, he learned to regard some of those things as a disadvantage. The things that he felt so strongly about and was so proud of before he came to Christ, all of a sudden he said, these aren't really an advantage. In fact, they're just a disadvantage. He knew that the same legalistic mentality that had kept him from knowing Christ would keep him from maturing in his faith. He said, so I have to get rid of it. He went on to say that he, he accounted all of his past achievements as rubbish. That word translated here could be translated as rotty garbage or human waste. Either way, it's not very pleasant. All my righteousness, all the things that I was so proud of, the things that I had accomplished in myself, they're just garbage. They don't mean anything. He didn't stop there. Because now Christ meant so much to him, he now looked at disgust with anything that would keep him from attaining the things that he knew he needed to attain. He realized that any accomplishments, any, whether worldly or religious, let me repeat that, any accomplishments, whether worldly or religious, apart from Christ, produce nothing more than self-righteousness. And self-righteousness is useless. 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is the Apostle Paul speaking here also, speaking of Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can have salvation and the righteousness of God. That's the only way. There is nothing that you can do. You cannot be good enough. It doesn't matter how hard you try. Paul did all the right things according to the standards of the world in his day. And still he said it was garbage. Paul was saying that all things, past power, past prestige, past position, all of those things really didn't matter. Because whatever level he had attained socially and religiously or politically, he had now left behind in order to pursue what was really important, and that was Jesus Christ. I left those things behind. Once we come to Christ, we cannot be controlled, influenced, and shaped by the past. We don't need, to be, don't need to be preoccupied with earthly glory. We don't need to seek status. And that means whether it's in the world or whether it's religious status. We don't need to be concerned about whether or not somebody thinks we're important. We don't need to put too much self-centered importance on our own accomplishments as if these things determine who we are. That was Paul's problem. He had all of this pedigree of great things that he had accomplished, and he placed those things as important, and it lifted him up to a point where he looked right past what was really important. I have found that those things usually have more to do with what we do than who we are. And please, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with accomplishing things in life. That's not what I'm saying. We should all try to attain the highest level of achievement that we can. But we need to look stop stop looking at those things as if they were the things that really matter. Because when we start placing our eyes on those things, we are not looking at what really matters. And when we attain those things, if we attain those things in the world, we can start to become like Paul was, and that's self-righteous. And we know what that's worth. I'll throw this in. A very wise person told me one time, a job, whether good or bad, is what we do. It's not who we are. And those of you who know me well know that I am absolutely not against education. I am very pro-education. I am not against achieving greatness. But how do we view these things once we've achieved them? And I'll ask you to ask yourself today, be honest, Do these things in and of themselves give you a sense of importance and value? Because if they do, there might be something you need to look at more closely. Do these things cause you to distinguish yourself from the general masses? That's what Paul did, remember? I was the Hebrew of Hebrews. I was faultless when it came to to persecuting Christians. And there's, again, nothing wrong with accomplishing things in life. But we need to make sure that when we accomplish those things, we don't become self-centered and self-righteous. Because if Christ is not the center of our lives, then we do have a problem. Because then we are trusting in ourselves and not trusting in the one who gives us the righteousness that we seek. Paul said his desire was to know Christ. Not just to learn more facts about him, but to know who he was. The words in Philippians 3.10 that Paul chose to use when he said to know Christ means to have a personal acquaintance or an experience with. I don't want to just know who he is. I can tell you that I know who Abraham Lincoln is. I know a lot about Abraham Lincoln. I admire Abraham Lincoln, but I don't know Abraham Lincoln. And there are a lot of people who know a lot about Jesus Christ. They can tell you all things about Him. They maybe admire Him, but they don't know Him. And that's what Paul was saying. I want to know who He is. I want to have a relationship with this Jesus. Look what Paul said in some other writings. Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. 2 Corinthians 12.10 This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God is still God in difficult times. He doesn't change. In fact... Often in those difficult times is when we realize how great he is. It is then, in those difficult times, as Paul did, that we realize that we are weak in ourselves. When we have come to the end of our strength, then he is strong. The scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through me, through Christ. Philippians 3, and we'll keep reading Philippians 3, 12 through 16. Not, this is Paul speaking again. Not, not that I have already obtained all of this. All of these things he said we need to do. He says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward that what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Let me ask you a serious question. You don't have to answer that well. Are you dissatisfied with your present spiritual condition? And if you are, there's there's really nothing wrong with that. We should all want to, to have more holiness, more righteousness, more godliness, more wisdom. So dissatisfaction can sometimes be translated into determination to press on. If we're not happy with where we are, it should give us a drive to get closer to God. So it can increase our determination. But we have to be honest with, when we ask ourselves, we have to be honest with ourselves. The Apostle Paul said, I press on toward the goal. What is the prize to be gained by reaching the goal? If we press on and we get there, what is the prize? It's Jesus Christ. But there is a certain way that I believe we need to press on. There are certain things that are necessary if we are to press on effectively and successfully. Paul is basically saying, I'm not there yet. I used to think I was something. Now that I've come to Christ, I've realized I I know where I need to go. And I am pressing on as hard as I can go to get there. But I'm not there yet. I have not gained Christ in His fullness yet. But there's one thing I do. This is important. One thing I do. Just one thing. Doesn't seem too complicated. He reduces all that is required to successfully reach our spiritual goal to one thing. Simple plan. Not 13 things, 27 things, or 53 things. One thing. Here's what it is. It has two aspects. Forgetting what lies behind. And reaching forward to what lies ahead straining toward what lies ahead pressing on it doesn't mean walking through our our walk with God like well I'll just get there sometime and we walk around in circles and we go backwards no Paul said he pressed on he was straining to get there I remember years ago when Jeffrey was still at home and he would go out in the garage and he would be working out And there was times I would think the neighbors would think I was beating the kid. Because he would be out there doing bench press or whatever. And he's one of those yeller people that when he lifts weights. And you could tell, he wasn't out there lifting two pound weights. He was lifting a lot of weights. He was straining. And he was putting everything he had into it. And I believe that's the picture that we need to have with what Paul was talking about here. I am straining. I am pressing on. I am... Fervently pushing ahead. So what is necessary in order to press on? How do we press on? How do we move forward in our walk with Christ? Let's look what Paul, a little bit more closely at what Paul said. Number one, forgetting the past. Paul wasn't living for Christ for an earthly reward. There are people who, honestly, they look at their walk with Christ about everything here on earth. What can it do for me here? And that's not what Paul was saying. He's saying, this stuff I realize is not important. I'm pressing on towards a goal that is way beyond this earth. And that's this relationship with Jesus Christ. Not an earthly reward. What Paul was striving for was to be ready when Jesus Christ came back. I believe we should be doing the same thing. Paul spoke of salvation as a prize that was to be won, much like a runner or somebody at the Olympics. In order to win, we cannot quit. In order to win, we have to keep moving forward. Placing that prize of salvation as the most important thing in our lives, not just something else we do. It can't just be, yeah, well, that that walk with God thing, that's just another thing in my life. No, it has to be the main thing in our life, because if that is not the main thing in our life, then all these other things are not going to work out. The Bible specifically says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will happen. They'll take the place. And we only have an opportunity to obtain that prize if we forget about what is behind us and pursue the goal. This year in the Olympics, Michael Phelps was swimming. And we're talking about looking forward. Look at the guy at the top of the screen. He's not looking forward. He didn't win. We Once we are saved, we need to be this guy. This guy right here. We need to be looking forward, focused on the goal, looking forward to the prize, and not this guy looking around to see what everybody else is doing. And there's a lot of Christians today that are the same way. They're way too busy looking around to see what everybody else is doing, what all the other Christians are doing. They can't win. They've taken their eyes off of the prize. They've taken their eyes off of the goal. The only way to win a race is to continue to look forward. If you don't believe me, get a couple people up here, and one person face that way, and the other person face this way, and you all take off running. I guarantee you the guy running backwards. Or if you face that way and have a guy turn around and look back. You cannot win if you're facing back over your shoulder. Some people say, well, I'm not a runner, so I don't really get that. Let me put it this way. As you drive forward through life, if you want to keep going in the right direction, stop looking in the rearview mirror. I think Paul would have said, therefore, take your rearview mirror and rip it off the windshield and put it in drive and go. Stop looking behind you. Paul said, the one thing I do is to press forward, putting the past behind me. It doesn't mean that we have our memory wiped out, we clear our memory, but I believe it means that we make a conscious effort to not let our past successes or failures stop our progress towards the prize. To be preoccupied with the past causes distractions. It causes distractions that would cause us not to be able to press on as we should. And ultimately we will not finish the race. I believe there are a lot of Christians who are still living in the past. Too many people are still trapped in the past. They are overwhelmed with things that have happened in their lives in the past. And because of that, they remain in bondage. Let me tell you today, it is time to go forward. It is time to leave the past in the past. You cannot change it. It doesn't matter how much you hate it. You cannot go back and change what is done. It's called the past for a reason. It's past. But you can change the future every day that you live. Change that. Maybe right now you're thinking about your spiritual walk and you're thinking that you really want to move forward in Christ. You want to grow. You want to develop. You want to mature in Christ. But something is holding you back. If it's the past and you're still living in it, then you need to leave it behind. You cannot go forward looking back. The instructions that we've read from the Bible today tell us that if we are to go forward, we have to forget the past. If there are people who need to be forgiven, forgive them. Move on. Don't hold on to anger and hatred and resentment. Get rid of it. Move forward. I'm not saying it to be easy. I'm just saying it's what we need to do. If you want to go forward in your walk with Christ, you have to leave some of those things back where they are in the past. There are many people who grew up in, in difficult environments. Maybe it was cold as far as love was concerned. Maybe it was a home where there was no love or affection. Maybe it was a home where all you got was criticism or judgment. There's a lot of people that come from those type of situations. And those people often carry those feelings into adult life. And often as Christians, because of those things, we're just unable to move on. We cannot get to the goal. We, we see the goal. We know we need to get there. But we cannot reach the goal because we're too busy hanging on to this. And I want to go there, but I can't get there hanging on to this. It's like trying to swim with an anchor. Michael Phelps is a great swimmer. But you attach an anchor to him, he isn't going to do very well. And holding on to the past and trying to move forward in your walk with Christ is just like trying to swim with an anchor. You cannot press on unhindered unless you forget the things that lie behind. Number two, forgetting past lifestyles and practices. We must not only forget our past accomplishments, achievements, failures, whatever. We also need to forget our past lifestyles and practices. Those things that are marked by worldliness. Once we become a Christian, there should be a very clear distinction between our morals and habits and activities now compared to what they used to be. We're going to press on. If you cannot tell a difference in the life that you live now compared to the life that you lived before you came to Christ, then I think you need to take a look and see if there's any grace in your life. Because our lives need to change. If we have truly come to Christ, and if we are truly pressing toward the goal, and we truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, our life will exhibit a marked difference. And if you cannot tell a difference between now and before you were saved, then maybe you need to go back and talk to God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ... He is a new creature. The old is gone and new has come. When we are saved, when we have given our life to Christ, when we have started down that journey that we are headed towards and we are facing toward the goal and we're headed towards the mark, the old person is gone. We are a new creature. God has changed us. And if we can't see that difference, we might want to go back to where we started And see why not. Christ has given us His Spirit to overcome past lifestyles and practices. But do we really believe that? Do we really believe that when we were saved, we became a new creature? If it's true, if the Holy Spirit is living in you, you will be different than you were before you were saved. Either grace can overcome your old practices and habits, or it cannot. Either God's Spirit can overcome your past lifestyle and practices, or He can't. There is no in-between. Number three, forgetting past sins. We'll do this. Forgetting past sins. We must not only forget. Really? What are y'all doing up there? I know this message is for someone this morning. We cannot only have to forget our past lifestyles and practices, we have to forget the sins of our past as well. There are people who are seriously haunted by their past sins. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Sins that you committed before you became a Christian. And I will tell you that those are the sins that Satan will mercilessly attack you with. He will throw those up in your face time and time again. Because He knows if He can get you to agree with Him that you can't overcome that, or that God did not forgive you, that the blood of Jesus Christ was not enough to cover that, you'll quit. And you'll quit running the race. And so He will bring them up. He will drive you to condemn yourself. He will drive you to condemn yourself and question your salvation. He will try to make you feel utterly unworthy of grace. But see, that's the whole thing about grace. You don't deserve it anyway. It's favor that we never merited. Be assured that that is not from God. If you are here today and you are feeling those things and you feel like I might as well just quit. I'm not going to go anymore. All of those things I did in my life cannot overcome them. Be assured that that is not from God. If you have asked for forgiveness, if you have come to the Lord and say, God, take those things away from my life, forgive me of those things I have done, the blood of Jesus Christ has washed those things away, and they are remembered against you no more. The Bible says that they are as far as the east is from the west. That's pretty far. If God Himself is not remembering those things against you, stop remembering the things against yourself. Probably some of the things that are the hardest are on people who have such a a a good conscience. A sensitive conscience. And the devil knows that. And he throws those things up in your face. He reminds you of those things all the time. Let me tell you, it's not from God. Don't let Him throw your past up in front of you. Putting those things behind us that's what Paul was saying. Think of, the, think of this. Who was Paul? Paul said he was a Hebrew among Hebrews. And when it came to persecuting Christians, he was the greatest. What does that mean? It means that he killed Christians. And when he didn't have them killed, he had a lot of other people do it. He stood there and watched Christians be stoned. He held, held the guys' coats while they were stoning Christians. If you've never done that, then Paul was a whole lot worse than you. And look what he did. Don't let the devil throw those things in your past, up in your face, and say, this is who you are. Because that is not who you are. If you have been forgiven, if the blood of Jesus Christ has covered your sins, then that is not who you are. Those are not yours anymore. They're gone. Maybe since the time you were saved, maybe you've slipped, you've fallen. You feel if your heart has been ripped out of you. You feel like a black cloud has descended on your soul and and there's just no hope. I will tell you that is not from God. That is not the way God deals with us. And I will tell you again that if you have asked forgiveness, if you have accepted the grace of Jesus Christ... Those sins are gone. They'll never be remembered against you again. And I know there are some people who have asked God to forgive them. And they still can't feel that they've been forgiven. Look at 1 John 1, nine: If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not he might or he can, he will. Not he might, not that he can. It says he will if we confess our sins. His truth does not change. That scripture is not for everybody else but you. The devil will try to tell you that. Yeah, but that's not for you. It is for you. It is for everybody who wants to come to Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. I can tell you that his truth does not change. The problem is not that God remembers your sins against you. The problem is that you remember your sins against you. Let it go. Leave your past sins in the past. Again, God's word is either true or it's not true. There's no in between. If we haven't in Christ Jesus made a provision, made forgiveness, asked for forgiveness of our sins, then that provision covers all of our sins. The devil will try to say, yeah, but that one, that was just way too big. He forgave you of those little things, but that one big one that you did, eh, not so much. No. He forgives our sins means He forgives all of our sins. If we confess our sins with a true spirit of brokenness and sorrow, God's Word assures us that He will forgive our sins. Regardless of the sin, He forgives. There are many good Christians There's good Christian leaders who have had a moment of weakness, a moment of blindness. And even though they've repented of their sin, they still whip themselves about it all the time. You know what that is? That's penance. That's trying to do penance for your sin by beating yourself up all the time over past sins. God doesn't want penance. He doesn't want us to commit acts to try to get rid of sin. Because you can't commit any act that will get rid of sin. The only thing that you can do is ask for forgiveness. And He's promised that He will forgive you. God does not want your penance. There are people in their religions that take whips. And they beat themselves to their bloody because of their sins. You know what they get out of that? A bloody back. And that's it. It will not take away your sins. Your own blood will not cover your sins. But the blood of Jesus Christ will cover all of your sins. There comes a time when you need to believe God's Word and forget about the things that lie behind. I don't care what they are. God doesn't care what they are. You know as well as I do, that unless you forget, you will not and cannot move on. The Bible is very clear. I will tell you that if you will not forget and move on, you will remain rooted and trapped in a past that you cannot move on from. And I again direct those words particularly to those that have a sensitive conscience. Because you're the ones that beat yourself up the most. The devil will attack you the most because he knows that it affects you the most. And please don't take what I'm going to say the wrong way, but let me suggest to you that if you, if you are saying that God cannot forgive your sins, you are dishonoring God. Basically you're saying, Jesus, I know you went through this horrible death and you were crucified on a cross and you died, but it wasn't enough. It was enough. It was enough for your sins and everyone else that has ever lived. We can learn from the past, but we cannot live in the past. If God forgives us, then by His grace we need to forgive ourselves and press on. He knows our heart. He knows what we deserve. Leave it with Him. We need to be looking forward, not backward. Address the past. Deal with the past. And then forget the past. Philippians three seventeen through 21 Paul said, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Paul was saying, follow my example. I used to think a lot of myself, and now not so much. I've changed my priorities. Because I realized that all the things that I had accomplished in life, all the things that I felt so highly about myself, they were just garbage. But I know what the prize is now, and I am pressing forward. I am straining towards that, prize in verse 18 paul warned those who lived as enemies of the cross they lived their what lives any way they wanted even though some of them probably claimed to be christians he said that their their destiny was destruction If we really are genuine believers, then we will be heavenly minded. It doesn't mean we forsake everything in the world and we quit our job and we just sit around the house and think about Jesus. I'm not saying that. It's not what I'm saying. But what is our focus in life? Is it about attaining more things in this world? Or is it about moving forward in our walk with Christ? You say, well that sounds pretty serious. It is pretty serious. I'll take it that one more step. It is very serious. Because we cannot focus on the world and on Christ at the same time. We have to realize where we want, where do we want our true citizenship? Do we want our citizenship to be of this world or do we ultimately want our citizenship to be in heaven? And along with forgetting what's behind, we have to not forget to reach forward. We don't just forget what's behind and stop. We forget what's behind and we look forward and we strain towards that prize. We reach toward that prize. We do everything we can to get there. Don't look around at everybody else. Don't compare yourself. Say, well, that guy's not doing so great, so I must be pretty good. No. Keep your eye on the goal. Press forward. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God let go of the things that are hindering us from going forward we have to put the past where it belongs it's in the past old things are passed away and behold all things i become new. Don't let the devil tell you that those sins are still there. If you are forgiven, you are forgiven and they're gone. Put them behind you. Don't look back over your shoulder at them. Put them behind you. Fix our eyes on Jesus. When I think of that, I think of Of horses that have blinders on. When they have blinders on, they don't look around. And it doesn't mean we don't know what's going on in the world. It doesn't mean that we're totally oblivious of of reality. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to be careful as to what our focus is. What is our focus? Are we focusing on Jesus Christ? I will tell you this, and I'll close with this. When we are focused on Jesus, really focused on Him, we have no choice but to run well. If you were here today, And you have started living for Christ. Maybe you gave your life to Christ a long time ago. And you still question whether or not God has forgiven you. Be assured that He did. If there are things that have happened since then, then ask Him to forgive you. And believe that He will. Because I'm telling you, the Bible says that He will. And when those things are gone, they are gone. Forget the past. Run the race. The race can be difficult at times. It can be difficult enough when we're looking forward. Be assured again that those reminders of your past do not come from God. That is from the devil. He knows what to use against us to try to discourage us. He knows what to use against us to defeat us. Don't buy into it. Forget the past. Run the race. Put your eye on the goal and move forward. If you stumble, get up and get back in the race. There might be times when you have to go to a brother or sister and say, I need your help. Let me lean on you for a minute. I need you to pray with me. There was a couple girls in the Olympics this past year. One of them accidentally tripped another and and rather than going on, she went back And helped her up. And they finished. They didn't win. But they finished. You see, going to heaven is not about who gets there first. It's all about crossing the goal. I'm not trying to get to heaven first. But I'm going to get there. What are your eyes fixed on today? Would you stand? Would you bow your heads this morning? Lord, today, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, I know that these words have spoken to someone's heart here today. I know these are the words that you gave me today. Lord, in spite of the delivery, I ask that you would just help it to go to our hearts. And Lord, that we would take it to heart. And Lord, that we would know for certain that if you have forgiven our sins, that they are gone. Lord, help us to move beyond those things in our past. Our past lifestyles, our past mistakes, our past sins. Anything that we've got in the past that would hold us back from the goal that we go towards. Help us to let go of those things. Knowing that we cannot go forward if we hold on to the things of the past. Give us strength. Lord, I ask today that You just... Fill us to overflowing with your Spirit. Because we know that your Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. Touch our hearts today. Draw us all closer to you. While your heads are bowed, if there's someone today who would like to come and pray, these altars are open. If you need prayer today, we still believe that God is a healer. Is there anyone today that would like to come?